Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Looking like another deal has gone down. This trade deadline has been... Amazing, this is what honestly, you always ask for during trade deadline with baseball. A lot of the time you see it, and there's not a whole lot of substance to some of the rumors this year. That has not been the case. The Chicago White Sox, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN, are finalizing a deal to acquire Craig Kimbrell from the Chicago Cubs. So another uh, big-time deal goes down, the White Sox adding Craig Kimbrell to their bullpen. And we're going to continue talking about the deadline with a man who writes about prospects for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Keith Law. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Keith, we always appreciate the time, and especially on such a busy day. How are you doing today? I'm good, just busy. But I'm good. I would imagine it's got to be a crazy day for you. So let's start out talking about some of these returns that we've seen. What was your impression on the return that the uh, the Dodgers gave up in the Scherzer and Trey Turner deal? Did you were you underwhelmed by that? No, nah, I wouldn't go that far. I said that I thought maybe they could have done better. The Nationals, for into the Nationals, that they could have done better. But I could also see this deal working out very well for them. That. They got two players, Keeper Ruiz, not the Dodgers' best catching prospect, but a pretty good prospect in his own right, having a huge year in AAA, can probably come to the majors pretty much right now. He's an everyday guy. And Josiah Gray has a chance to be a mid-rotation starter pretty soon. He's already made two big league starts. I think he probably will step right into the Nationals' rotation. And with the two of those guys, you will probably be able to look at this deal in a couple of years and say, hey, they got a regular starting pitcher. They got an everyday catcher for two months of Max Scherzer, a year and two months of Trey Turner. That's a pretty good return. Just win for win, that's probably a good return. But, man, it feels like they should have gotten a little more oomph, right, especially Trey Turner. I know we all talk Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer. This is a year and two months of Trey Turner who's an MVP candidate and looks like he's absolutely at his peak right now. And, frankly, for the Dodgers, gives them a great – alternative if Corey Seager wants to go to free agency okay thanks for your service we'll take it from here and Trey Turner becomes their everyday shortstop next year so I I don't think national fans should be disappointed but I have this little gut feeling that says maybe they should have gotten a little more so how does that compare then Keith to what the Minnesota Twins got from Toronto for Jose Barrios um, different because obviously it's just one player, right? They gave the, giving up Barrios, who is also like Turner, a free agent after next year. And they got the Blue Jays two of their five best prospects. I think I actually may have had Martin as their best prospect 
right now. Uh, that's Austin Martin, who was the fifth overall pick in last year's draft. Uh, who I really like his approach at the plate. I mean, really, he's got one of the best eyes and, and yeah, batting eyes and uh, bat control combinations of any prospect in the minors right now. He doesn't hit for a lot of power. They've done some things with his swing that I don't really think are ideal for him. That's but I think have helped reduce his power. And he does have to find a position. Ultimately, I think he's going to end up at second base or center field. But he's he's a really good prospect. Simeon Richardson for me has is a he's a starting pitching prospect right now in Double A. He's only twenty. Huge reliever risk there. For a year and two months of Jose Barrios, um, just one player. I think you're you're getting an everyday infielder or maybe an everyday center fielder in Martin, and at worst you're getting a quality reliever in Woods Richardson with some chance he's a starter. That sounds about right to me. Keith, overall, in terms of the deals that we've seen done so far, and I'm sure there are going to be mm-hmm. more as well. How would you categorize the return? I'm I'm done. I I could use a nap. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine this is about as much activity as I can remember on any deadline day. Uh, How would you categorize the returns that teams are getting for guys that are on the final year, the expiring deals? Do you think this is about what we would typically expect better than or worse than normal? I think this is the new normal in that, you know, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 48. So rental trades used to get pretty big returns. We saw a lot of very significant prospects traded for rentals. Obviously, the Jeff Bagwell for a month of Larry Anderson deal is one of the most famous of all time, but there were always big-name prospects, often multiple big-name prospects, changing addresses in midseason deals, even for rental players. What has happened, this probably started 15 years ago or so, and really accelerated in the last five years, is teams have realized that the math on that doesn't really work out. Two months of one player, no matter how good that player is, I mean, two months of Mike Trout is probably not worth giving up your best or your second best prospect and the value that he will deliver over six years, which is how long you have him, could be six and a half years, how long you have him until he hits free agency. You may make an exception. You could say, well, we need a Max Scherzer because we need a number one starter for the playoffs. We know we're going to the playoffs, and Max Scherzer improves our odds in October. Okay, you can sort of fudge the math a little bit to make that work. But these, I, the idea of we're trading three of our top six prospects for a rental player, I think that's gone. And I don't think it's ever going to come back unless we have a huge change in how service time works in baseball. So how does that play into Trevor Story's situation, in your opinion? Because there was a report a little bit earlier that apparently the price has come down a bit on Story mm-hmm. from where it previously was. Do you think play, this plays into that? I saw those reports. You know, I'd also heard that Colorado's, I mean, their front office is in, they have an interim GM right now. The owner may be making a lot of the big decisions and that there's just a lot of dysfunction right now. Other teams weren't even sure who to call on Trevor Story. To me, that's always been the biggest reason why he might not get traded. We did see Michael Givens get traded as a smaller deal, but at least if I'm a Rockies fan, I'm thinking, well, we did something, right? We traded somebody. Someone is answering the phones at Denver right now, so that's a small positive. But when talking about somebody of Story's magnitude, I wonder if, they are going to have a hard time just getting to a decision when we have so little time left before the deadline. If they're changing their ask this close to the deadline, does that mean they're just reflecting the realities of the market or that they're having a hard time making a decision internally? I, I, I don't know the answer to that because I think it could be either. Keith, let's move over to the Cardinals farm system because I think there's a lot of back and forth among Cardinals fans of, you know, who'd they be fine trading away and who'd they say that it's untouchable. In your opinion, when you look at their farm system right now, who do you think's untouchable for St. Louis? 
I don't think anybody should be untouchable for St. Louis. Not in the right deal. I mean, it all depends on what you're getting, right? Do you trade Matt Liberator for a rental? No, probably not. Probably wouldn't trade Jordan Walker for a rental either. But if I'm trading one of those guys and I'm getting Trey Turner for a year and a half, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely be open to that. If I were getting a player of Trey Turner's caliber for more than a year and a half, what if it means I'm getting a, I don't know who this player might be, but a starting pitcher who's under team control for the next three years? Yes. Yes, I would consider trading guys like that. The Cardinals have a decent farm system right now, but they don't have an, an Adley Rutschman or a C.J. Abrams, an elite prospect who would be who is also reasonably close to the majors where you'd say, no, it's not even worth trading him for a difference maker right now. The closest the Cardinals have had recently to a prospect like that is Dylan Carlson. And I think he's untouchable just because he's already in the majors and contributing. I wanted to ask you about the outfield, and that, of course, includes Dylan Carlson. Have you, given where your expectations were previously for Bader, O'Neill, and Carlson, would you say that those guys are exceeding expectations this year, meeting them? What's been your impression this season of those three in the outfield for the Cardinals? I think Carlson is about where I would have expected him to be. Maybe I thought, maybe I would have said there might be, I don't know, 5% 5% more, but he's definitely within range. Um, I think Bader, it's probably fair to say, this is about where he thought we thought he was. O'Neill is the one who's an outlier for me, and I'm not sure that I buy it. I think the approach is still pretty terrible, but he's getting to more power this year. He's always had the power. The question was, would he get to it? Right? He, he's always had, I, mean, I remember him in high school, and he had the dead, you know, grade 70, close to top of the line, but dead pull power. And I thought major league pitchers would exploit the weaknesses in his approach and he wouldn't get to it enough. Well, he's still not really walking. He's still striking out a lot, but he's gotten to the power more. I don't know that that's sustainable, but I will say what he's done so far this year definitely beats my expectations. Speaking of expectations, Keith, the Matthew Levitore, Zach Thompson, high expectations by a lot of Cardinals fans. Are you surprised by their slow start this season in AAA? Um, no, AAA is a mess right now. I mean, the minors are a mess in general. Um, you know, we're only dealing with, and the, remember the minors started a month later also, so we're dealing with smaller samples. We feel like, well, we're way past halfway through the major league season, but the minor league season is just shorter this year. And AAA is going to extend a little later into September, but these guys are, are not as far along. Plus in AAA, they use the major league baseballs, which is a big adjustment for a lot of pitchers to make. And there are a lot of AAA ballparks that are playing kind of on the extreme side. So I'm not getting too worried about – I'm trying to keep you worried about most of what I see in minor league stats this year because with minor league contraction too, it's really changed a lot of the talent levels. But particularly in AAA, I think that level is kind of a mess. And there are some pretty good pitching prospects out there with five-plus ERAs in AAA. And I'm hearing their stuff is fine, the deliveries are fine. It's just a big adjustment to a different baseball and playing much older competition than these guys have ever faced before. Keith Law is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Hey, Keith, I wanted to ask you about that Trevor Story situation because we've been talking about him for, I mean, a number of months now here in St. Louis. If you were in John Mosellock's shoes, knowing what the prices have been thus far, is there a type of return that you would expect the Cardinals to have to pay for Trevor Story if they decided to go that route at the deadline? I mean, it's going to take a couple of prospects. Now, I don't think it's going to t- – it shouldn't take an elite prospect. Um, you could look at the Joey Gallo deal, for example, what the Yankees gave up, where they gave up some value. I think Texas got a basket of value, but they didn't get an elite prospect back from the Yankees. That might be a pretty good model for it. I, I think you could start with something like that, but is that a deal that should require a Liberator and a Nolan Gorman? No. In fact, 
There was a deal like that. Those guys should have been in the Nolan Arenado trade, but you're lucky Colorado didn't think to ask for them. <laughs> were you surprised by that deal? Still, I guess we're, what, Shocked. five oh, yeah. months later now? <laughs> yeah, I'm still not sure it's real, right? I just dream. It's like a season of Dallas. Like, I just dreamed the entire thing. Well, it's not they- possible that Nolan Arenado got traded for that little and and that the Rockies paid money for the privilege. Yeah, well, it makes sense, Keith, because nobody's answering the phone in Colorado. Nobody <laughs> knows who's in charge out there, so they figure, no. why not just well, call the wrong person? They can just say the other guy did. No, that guy, no, he doesn't work here anymore, but he made that trade. (laughs) Apparently the ownership uh, group was on the phone with the Cardinals ownership, and that's part of how this all went down. It it was baffling to us entirely. Well, given what I've heard about the Rockies owner, Dick Monfort, that is 100% believable. Yeah, that checks out. Hey, Keith, I know you're unbelievably busy this time of the year. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with us today on Deadline Day. Get some coffee. Yeah, we'll talk with you again soon. My pleasure. Take care. That's Keith Law. Writes about the prospects for the athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Keith Law. Once again, it strikes again in Colorado. By the way, Man, we, I wish he was still in charge right now. I actually think it's better that he's not. No, you could have got Trevor Story for like, I don't know, Carpenter. I think you're more likely to get Trevor Story because he's not in charge anymore. I think he would have been the type of guy that held a little bit of a grudge against Rockies fans, and so he would have been like, you know what? Fine, we're not trading it. We're not trading Trevor Story. We're just yeah. not doing it. We're just gonna hold on. We're to just him. gonna hold on. You guys yeah. wanted to wait and wait and wait. That's fine. We'll go ahead and do that right now. But it does feel like they're kind of doing that right now too, though, because they're not getting the ask that they want. Uh, real quick, six one eight. I want to address this because they're you know giving us problems because you know we've said that now these guys are untouchable, and Keith Law said that these guys aren't elite prospects and they shouldn't be untouchable. Understand what Keith Law said. He said they're untouchable in a in a, a rental, like for Trevor Story. But he said if you're getting term, like a Trey Turner, they're not untouchable. And that's what we said. Like if you're going to get Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, yeah, I'll trade Levator and Gorman sure. because you're getting upgrades. But for Trevor Story, nah, they're untouchable because they're better than what Story's going to give you for a couple of months unless there's an extension involved. By the way, we do have a couple other pieces of news. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll get into one guy to go coming up here in about 10 minutes or in just a couple of minutes, rather. Mark Feinsand just tweeted that the Twins are officially shopping both Josh Donaldson and Byron Buxton with about 90 minutes to go before the trade deadline. Those would be some potential blockbuster deals as well. And Bob Nightingale tweets out, um, that the White Sox, we now know the return to be able to get Craig Kimbrell. They gave up Nick Madrigal, who is a very good player for them, has been batting 305 this wow. year. He's a legit starting caliber second baseman now in the big leagues. That's a huge return to be able to get for the Cubs. Cubs might be doing the right thing right now in these trades. That, that's a, a great of, deal. I mean, that is a massive return. He's on the 60-day IL right now, so he's hurt, and he's probably not going to be able to help the White Sox maybe this year. But, wow. I mean, that the Cubs just got their starting second baseman for next year and beyond Cubs, with multiple years of club control. Cubs on. might be doing it the right way in terms of being able to still be um, still be kind of relevant in the NL Central next season depending on what they do in free agency before what they're getting in return for these guys. That's a huge, huge, huge return for um a closer a guy that on a bad team doesn't matter for you and listen craig kimbrell's amazing but wow that is a huge return um that is more than they got back for rizzo i mean that that's that's one of the best returns that you've had on any trade so far 
Wow. Kylie That's Mc- amazing. Kylie McDaniel just tweeted out from ESPN, execs complaining still that everyone's prices are too high to facilitate facilitate trades after the Barrios deal. I mean, look, there's been a million That's trades. I don't want to hear any complaining no, from anybody. No, but what I'm saying is, like, if you're going to make a trade, like, you're not making any trades unless you're giving up elite stuff in return. And I just don't think people are going to be willing to do that. And I'm wow. speaking specifically of the Cardinals. That's in. That's an incredible return for the Cubs. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big time return for them, and they got a good deal for um, Craig Kimbrell. All right, six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service X line. If we hear anything more on the Trevor Story sweepstakes, we will pass that along for you. But coming up next, one got to go. You give us four options, we'll tell you which one's got to go. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to three hundred dollars off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.